0: When it goes into the field and you start working with the clients, it's very important that you communicate what the industry standard is to set the budget, and then you help them make selections from there.
1: Exactly. It's a very simple process when you put it like that.
0: (laughs) You would think it's simple, but sometimes it becomes a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? It
2: does. Welcome to the Art of Custom from Hibbs Homes. Sponsored by Pella Window and Doors and Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery. On this episode, Kim goes through the selections process with Hibbs Homes Anna Entringer and Kylie Blackwell. Then, he talks to Stephen Lancaster with Pella Windows and Doors about the importance of a quality window and the impact it can have on your home.
0: Welcome back everyone. Certainly nice to have you with us. Do we have a fun show planned for you? Now, I say fun, but it can also be a bit overwhelming if your builder is not organized, and I'm talking about the art of design. That's right. We're going to be talking about exterior and interior materials and your selections, colors, textures, patterns, all selections that you must make when you're building your beautiful and functional new home. Here to help is Anna Entringer with Hibbs Homes in St. Louis, and Kylie Blackwell, who works with our clients in northern Utah. Anna and Kylie, it's great to have you with us. And Anna, let me start with you. And and I kind of jokingly said that the selection process can be a little bit overwhelming. Is that something our clients should be afraid of?
1: I don't think afraid would be a good word. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think it's a part of being patient. So oh, great word. you explore, you mm-hmm. develop your style, you see what fits, you make sure it fits in your budget, and then just really diving into how are we going to make this home our home.
0: And you used a very key word, which is budget, which is going to be... A pretty important topic of conversation that we're going to get to in a little bit. but Kylie, I wanted to welcome you to the conversation as well. And talking about the selection process, I think one of the things that that we try to let our clients understand is organization matters during the selection process. It makes things much easier and it m- makes things really go much more smoothly, right?
3: Absolutely. Organization is key in just trying to control as much chaos as possible with this build experience.
0: And that's one of the reasons we use a product or a, a, a project management tool called CoConstruct. I know there's lots of them out there. Kylie, you're familiar with a couple of other ones. But having a builder who's using a project management tool, Kylie, I think helps the uh, the process along the way.
3: Oh, it's, it's essential. It's something that the homeowners can see, and it's clear and concise, and it's exactly what you are explaining to subs and vendors. So it just makes communication a lot more seamless all around.
0: Anna, let's talk about how do we prepare clients who are going to build the home? What's your advice for them?
1: Research. Number one, a lot of Pinterest searching. Mm -hmm. Make your own boards. See what you like. See what you don't like. Even telling us what you don't like helps us to find what you do like if you don't know. Looking at different house groupings that you can find. Just really getting out there, like going to open houses even, if that's something that you're looking for really kind of feel the space to help you find your space.
0: You use the word house, or was it house? Houses. H-O-U-Z-Z.
1: H-O-U-Z-Z. No, that's
0: a, that's an actually an awesome online platform where you can go get a lot of ideas for building a home. There's pictures that builders, remodelers have online. You can get some some really good inspiration by visiting H-O-U-Z-Z.com, right?
3: Exactly. You got
0: uh, it. Kylie, you've used a house, I assume, as well, right?
3: It's one of my favorites.
0: What, What do you tell clients when you want to help them prepare to get ready to build a home?
3: Basically the same thing as Anna. I think research is important. I really like how she said knowing what you don't like is sometimes just as helpful as knowing what you do like. I ask people to make picture collages all the time and my mind instantly picks out the similarities between all the pictures. And so even if we're just looking at a kitchen and I've seen several kitchens where they have all the same hardware and like you know it seems like you're drawn to this hardware and you pick out the details of each in pick and help them put it together to what they're just drawn to. Because sometimes people don't even know what they're drawn to. They just know that they like it.
0: And I know during the budgeting process, we like to use pictures as well. Because if we can send our trades and our vendors pictures of, it can be windows, it could be baseboards, it can be doors. The more information we have when we're budgeting the process, the better. So that's why we like to have those pictures up front as well and share them with as many people as possible. Because now we're going to focus on that B word that Anna used a couple of minutes ago. That word is budget. Which, especially in uh, in today's market, when construction prices are are quite high compared to where they have been historically, trying to hit a budget is becoming more and more difficult. So the more organized you are up front, the more information you have up front, the easier it is to stay on budget. And Anna, one of the things that I know that we really focus on, there's what they call an industry standard when it comes to what someone should be spending for some of their their selections that goes into a home, such as the cabinetry, the, the flooring, the plumbing, the lighting and all the industry standards are prices that have been compiled from builders all across the country. The reason we like to use it is it gives us a starting point. Now, as a custom builder, the client certainly has the choice to spend more or spend less, but it gives us a starting point, which is very critical. And I think then, when it goes into the field and you start working with the clients and, and visit some of the vendors and all, that's where you, it's very important that you communicate what the industry standard is to set the budget, and then you help them make selections from there.
1: Exactly. It's a very simple process when you put it
0: like that. (laughs) You would think it's simple, but sometimes it becomes a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? it? Because, I mean, think about it. When you go into some of these stores and you look at the beautiful plumbing fixtures and lighting appliances, all these gorgeous windows and doors, you might think that I'm building a custom home. I don't have to stay at the basic level. Maybe somebody is building more of a mid-grade home or or a higher-end home. So you kind of have to figure out what level they need to be at when making these selections.
1: Definitely. And it helps in the budgeting process when we've already met with clients and we can understand their selections, like what they're drawn to, what really doesn't even matter to them. Some people don't care about what their interior doors look like. Someone has spend all of their money on solid wood doors. Mm-hmm. So just really understanding the client is the the, probably the best part of that beginning selections process.
0: And Kylie, we have to follow a certain order during the selections process. It may seem a little bit out of line, but for example, windows and doors and appliances right now are some of the early selections that need to be made simply because of the lead time that it takes to get this product. And if you think about it, when you're building the house, once it's framed up, we want to put the windows, we want to put the doors on so we can then move on to the inside and and start doing some of the mechanical work, the HVAC itself et cetera, et cetera. Just trust the builder, right? They know what they're doing.
3: Right. Yeah. I think that's something that can frustrate a homeowner sometimes not understanding the reason we're ordering windows now is because if you want brack framed windows, it's going to take three times the normal time to get them. So I can see that understanding the priorities in your budget goes a long way when it comes to picking the things in your house super out of order, as it would seem.
0: And Anna, I want to go back to the budget just a little bit. Kylie even mentioned it. the selections levels. Again, it's going to be dependent upon what price point of a home you're building. It's up to the designer, the design team, and it's up to the client and it's up to the builder to make sure they're communicating properly to understand what finish level we're, we're looking for. I used the word basic before. That's a little bit more of an entry level. Then there's what are called mid-grade, which is kind of a step up. And then a lot of the, the higher-end homes that we build, that's where you have clients who really look for things like the, the crown molding, two- or three-piece crown molding, solid core doors, hardwood flooring all throughout. So those levels really do matter when it comes to controlling the budget.
1: They do. And we typically, on one of our first meetings, we hand out a sheet that has already broken out percentage of your target budget. So it really helps clients to stay focused And when they're starting to shop, you can start to see this adds up to this with this and you really get a full scope of what you're actually needing to stay in line with to hit your target budget.
0: And again, I want to make sure people understand that that just because we have a target budget, if you see something that's really cool and, and something that may affect your plumbing allowance, for example, there's nothing wrong with spending a little bit more in one area, maybe compensating for that in another area. Just be mindful that the builder is working really hard to design a home that's going to fall within your budget. So the selection process really has to go hand in hand with that.
1: It does. And you can start to see where items are that are more important to you versus less. And a lot of times that's what people will do. They really focus on, like you're saying, like their plumbing is extremely important to them, but maybe cabinet hardware is not important.
0: <laughs> and Kylie, I also, that we're probably with six or seven of our projects back into redesign, there's a term in the industry called value engineering. We're trying to make sure that our clients budget to know the importance of, of getting a head start on the selections, even while the design process is going along. Sometimes people might think we have a lot of time, we can make selections as the, as the project moves along. But one of the benefits to making sure you're making selections early is that number one, you can do a better job setting the budget because you'll know exactly what the finish level is. And number two, especially in today's day and age where we have supply chain disruptions all across the country, we're getting an order placed really early. So then we're not going to have to be waiting for product on the back end.
3: Absolutely. I think getting the big picture kind of locked in place and staying focused on what your ultimate end goal is helps a lot in this process. I think it's really easy for homeowners to start looking at all the different pictures on Pinterest and they are going one direction and they feel tempted to be pulled to another direction and it can really disturb their budget. So keeping a big picture and focusing on that and moving forward, prioritizing as you go along the way really helps keep this process a little more seamless with less heartache.
0: Anna, you know this shit is going to fit with whatever their you know their their final finish level is going to be. So it's very important to have you, the designer, involved during the design process as well. But you know, kind of going back, and, and we had a, a conversation with Jamie Walker, one of the architects we use out in the Salt Lake City area. He's very proactive because he will design a home to make sure, for example, that you have the a roll of carpet that fits properly into a bedroom, and he's going to make sure that. We When you have a four by eight sheet of OSB sheathing for the exterior of the house that you're not cutting it and wasting material, if you will, for the different construction methods. But it goes to show that the selection process, the design process, it's all tied together. Because if you truly want to value engineer a home, you have to think about it from the very beginning of the project. And that's why I think you've enjoyed working with our clients during that phase as well.
1: Definitely. It's a challenge that is usually well-processed challenge that you can say, I love this carpet and I would like to use it in three different spaces rather than having three different carpets. It also makes it easier on the install team. You have less chance of something going awry, using more hardwood that comes in a set amount of square footage in a box, not bringing in 20 different tiles, still having like your fun pop areas or using an entire slab of A countertop, since you have to buy an entire slab when you pick a specific one. Those are just some of the things that we do on a normal
0: basis. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into the design process than uh, than people think. So, Kylie, I'm going to turn the uh, attention just a little bit to what are some of the current trends that we're seeing.
3: It's an exciting time to be part of design right now because I feel like (laughs) with the current climate of today's world, we are having such a variety of design. We're seeing mixed metals and finishes like we haven't really seen before. Branching out from your all-white kitchens, which there's nothing wrong with all-white kitchens, but we're seeing a lot of um, different textures coming into kitchens, pops of color. We're seeing bold wall colors, all dark offices, uh, the lighter wood. There's so much to unpack right now with the current trends. And I think a lot of it is being influenced by just the shift in um, how we're living our daily lives since uh, 2020 happened.
1: I am fully on board with everything Kylie said. I feel with 2020, we really hit this make home your home. People are bringing in different, like, warmer feels, whether that be wood or, like, soapstone on the countertops instead of a hard quartz. There's just—people want to explore their— They haven't gotten out as much in the last year and they want to feel something different finally, or they saw something at the restaurant that they went out to for the first time in nine months and they (laughs) want it at their house. There's just more of like an intrigue Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: clients. They're not really about playing it safe. It's very much personality focused.
0: So over the past few years, we've seen a trend. I think it was Chip and Joanna Gaines that brought the shiplap world into, into everybody's view. Is that still popular? Are you seeing any other special kind of treatments for walls that might be a little bit different?
1: We are. There's more of like a 3D that you can, in essence, build your own wall. Shiplap is definitely still around. People are (laughs) painting it dark, though, instead of keeping everything white. There's a lot of 3D tiles now that are amazing. I'm using them in quite a few homes. It's an easy way to feel something completely different. Like playing with shadows is huge right now. Um, And then lighting the spaces totally differently as well.
0: You mentioned lighting. I had a client and they wanted to backlight their address numbers on the front of the house. So subtle lighting like that can make all the difference in the world. And, And you talked about some of these softer, warmer feeling homes that leads to that feeling.
1: Definitely, it's all about mood. At this point, yeah. it's, I mean the true essence of a mood board <laughs> is your entire home.
0: Do you see that changing? I know that Kylie mentioned that currently, where we are, you know, coming out of the pandemic and things like that. Do you see it changing, or or do you think this is around for a while, where people really are focusing on the mood they're setting within the home?
1: I hope it sticks around. It's been yeah, it's been challenging to really kind of fit this one thing that people see on Pinterest all the time, and it gets a little bit boring. <laughs> as a design, a
3: redundant. Yes. yes. It's
1: like, oh, that's what my neighbor has. And it's like, let's do something different. And a lot of people are up for it now.
0: Kylie, I've noticed uh, now that we're building both in St. Louis and out in northern Utah, there's a lot of similarities between the architectural styles. We're seeing a lot of modern farmhouse. We're seeing a lot of modern mountain, you know, people liking some of the modern rustic look here and northern right. Utah. I found that very interesting. Is that, are you seeing a lot of it too with a lot of the clients you're working with?
3: It is very interesting how we're definitely hard with modern farmhouse. We're seeing a lot of that. We're also seeing a little bit of modern farmhouse with maybe some country chic I think I'm seeing a little bit of that coming back around. It's a little frightening, uh, just a little bit, because I'm like, am I ready for this? <laughs> am I ready for this? I've also seen the term grand millennial. People are repurposing things, bringing antiques in. It's an interesting movement. I'm just starting to see it. Not a ton of people getting brave with it, but I am seeing it. But more than anything, I feel like people are getting a lot more functional with their design. And so where... They want their home to be functional as well as beautiful. And I feel like people are getting a lot smarter with their designs and just making it more livable. I think functional's in, and it's becoming great to, as a designer to work with people on that.
0: What about colors, Anna? I know that every year, you know, some of the the large painting contractors come out with the colors of the year. Are we seeing any kind of a change there? I know the grays were popular at one point, and where, where are we today?
1: I think grays are a staple.
0: You're safe with gray.
1: You're safe with gray. It's like the new beige. So there's a lot of these like grayses, where they have a little bit more of like a warmth to them. Okay. Um, there's also a lot of dark colors, like what we decided to paint your office, and you just which I
0: do like that. Color, which you by love, the way. urbane love bronze. And it's interesting because not it looks bronze in some light, and it looks
1: exactly. It
0: looks um, a little greenish in another light. And, right. Yeah, you took it's care kind of me. It's kind of like
1: a mood wall for you. Mood wall. I need a
0: mood we wall my office. We know how in Kims office. feeling today, <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you both this question, Kylie. We'll start with you. I would assume that you can have a, a tough conversation with the client and help them understand the importance of colors. But what if somebody wants to go gray and white, but you think something would look a little bit better or maybe have an accent wall? Do you feel comfortable having those conversations with clients, Kylie?
3: That's part of the job is trying to help homeowners achieve the look that they want and execute it in the best possible way. And if bringing color in is ultimately going to add to the project, then I let them know I'm acting in their best interest, they can take it or leave it, but I'm always going to offer my insight.
0: I know Anna does too. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, Anna, what have I missed? If somebody's going to be working with a builder, building a custom home, any advice for them, things that we might not have covered today?
1: I think a lot of it is that so many people have not ever built before. So, just trusting the process, recognizing that there's going to be hard times, recognizing there's going to be a lot of really fun times. And then suddenly stuff's going to happen, and then there's going to be slow periods. So just letting it happen as it should. Maybe take up yoga. I don't know. (laughs) But do something. Just let it happen because it's going to be beautiful, and it's all going to work out. We're not going to lead you in the wrong direction. We will always bring up our own thoughts of what we think you should kind of direct yourself towards, but it's your home at the end of the day. So make it how you want.
3: Yeah, I think it's important to keep the perspective that there's always a solution to everything. Most of the time, it is not as big of a crisis as it might feel because you're so emotionally tied to it because it's your home and just keep the communication going throughout the whole process and be collaborative and things will things will work out.
0: Well, you use the word communication. That is one of our core values at Hibbs Homes. We like to uh, really do an exceptional job of communicating with our clients, whether it's in the field with the superintendent or making selections with the design team. So, Kylie and Anna, thank you so much for joining us for this interview, some very good advice. Thanks.
3: Thank you.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella is the industry leader in innovation and style. Windows have become a key element in home design and Pella has the product and professionals to guide you to your perfect solution. Pella is cutting edge in energy efficiency, durability, and performance. If you're tired of looking through screens, check out the Pella integrated roll screen that you won't see until you need it. Pella offers the broadest selection of premium products to meet any budget and any design inspiration. Allow Pella to show you what they can do to improve the style and comfort of your home. With Pella's limited lifetime warranty, you won't have to worry about windows and doors again. Call 314-714. 0100 to make an appointment or visit our showroom in Chesterfield Valley.
0: One of the most important selections you'll make when building a custom home is Windows. And here to help us learn more is Stephen Lancaster, sales manager of the Pella Showroom in the St. Louis area. By the way, we'd like to thank Pella for sponsoring this year's podcast, The Art of Custom." Stephen, it's nice to have you with us, and thank you for the sponsorship. I know Pella has a great name across the country. We have listeners all across the country, so this seems to be a pretty good fit.
4: We really enjoy our partnership with your company as well as the podcast, and we know that this is a a great opportunity for Pella to be known a little bit better. We have branches all throughout the United States that can service those areas with local service and attention to detail on the local level.
0: What I find very interesting about Pella, and I bet virtually everyone listening to this podcast will not realize, there's actually a town in Iowa called Pella. I took a trip up there four or five years ago, honestly didn't really understand that Pella, Iowa was where they made Pella Windows, and you really had just a a wonderful shop up there, a big factory. And you do such a wonderful job in that town. It's really quite the story, isn't it? I know you've been mm-hmm. up there many times. Tell us a little bit about
4: it. Yeah, it's got a great Dutch heritage. Yeah. If you want to go get some great pastries and see some cool tulip festivals, it's a great atmosphere. And you can see that Midwest values. And uh, it just you just kind of feel welcomed when you go there. I've been up quite a few times taking builders like yourself and architects in the past. And it's a great way to show off uh, who Pella is.
0: And I've uh, had a chance, as I mentioned, to visit the factory. I've seen the windows and doors being assembled, the attention to detail, the quality definitely there. And that's why we like Pella as one of our major vendors and suppliers of windows for our clients. But there's a lot of good windows out there. I mean, the point of this podcast is to really help people understand the custom building process. And windows is a very important decision that they're going to have to make. We like Pella, but we've also used Anderson. We've used Marvin. We've used Sierra Pacific. We've used other brands. So I don't want to, as much as we appreciate the sponsorship, <laughs> yeah. I do want to be open and honest and talk about the fact that there's a lot of really good product out there and available for people building a home. So what do you tell someone? How do you pick a window?
4: The great thing about the windows is that's this is the only thing that's going to affect your interior and your exterior. So when it comes to picking colors or picking your design, you you really have to think about what the interior feels gonna be like as well with the exterior. And then you start researching material types. There's multiple material types on the market. There's, There's vinyl, there's fiberglass, there's wood with clad on the exterior. And over the last two to three years, um, there's been a composite window that has come in the market that has wood shavings with vinyl. So it gives you that middle market, a different niche feel. But really when you're researching those three things is which one of those meets the design for my home and the functionality of my home and the feel of my home.
0: And the price point of your home. You've got to find that happy medium. There truly is a window for every price point home.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of letting you know, vinyl is going to be more on the south side. Mm-hmm. at um, More economical. And then fiberglass is going to be sitting right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then we have an entry-level wood window that is in the middle. And then we have some high-end luxury ones that are very handcrafted custom windows that would be our reserve window.
0: And so people understand some of the differences. With a vinyl window, I know that a lot of times, especially here in the Midwest, for example, when it gets really hot in the summer, are really cold in the winter, there's some who feel like the vinyl frame may not perform as well as like a fiberglass. Fiberglass is going to be a little bit more sturdy, a little bit uh, more stable. And then of course, once you go off into the wood windows with the aluminum clad exterior, that's kind of the top of the line. But I assure everybody, we over the 17, 18 years that we've been building have installed all of these different window products. They all perform exceptionally well if they're installed properly. So don't be afraid, depending upon the price point of the home you're building to use a good vinyl window or that fiberglass because they perform exceptionally well.
4: Yeah, to touch on the vinyl, a lot of people assume a white vinyl window is a white vinyl window. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few different lines. For For a long time, Pella actually had three different vinyl lines. We had a more value line. We had a great replacement middle of the road, and then we had a high-end luxury vinyl vinyl which had no seams on it, no welds. It was beautiful, really thick, extremely energy efficient. So what I would say when you're even going into the vinyl and looking more of an economical price point, you still want to look to see are they performing the way they should? Look at some of the U-values. Look at some of the design pressures. There's a lot of things you can really geek out on and there's a lot of information on the internet. And I would go to... Energy Star's website, you can look and and actually highlight quite a few windows that are on there.
0: That's important to uh, note that there are a lot of differences between certain windows, the performance. So do your homework. And I think that's where I I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you guys, though, because your showroom is so beautiful that when when our clients walk in, they don't want to stay with the lower-end windows. Mm -hmm. They always want to go to the higher-end windows, and it it does cause a little bit of trouble sometimes with the budgets. But then we we truly do work with them and help them understand that you might be doing the Pella 250. It's an awesome window. window, here are the benefits to it, and here's why it's perfect for the price point that you're trying to hit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that that education that comes along, not only from the builder, but more importantly, from the sales rep for the window manufacturer you're talking with is very important.
4: And if you understand what the longevity of this home is going to be, are you Mm -hmm. building this house and you're going to sell in about 10 years? Or or is this going to be more of a legacy home, where you're going to be passing it down from generation to generation? And so with that, where do we then budget-wise, where should we sit? And, And if you understand your clients and understand the needs and wants that they have... It becomes a fairly easy conversation of where we should be at.
0: What might be a little bit more of a difficult conversation is if you have a builder who, I guess, has some sort of a contractual relationship with a provider. And let's just use an example that we have an agreement with Pella, but we also are very cognizant that if a client wants to look at another window, we're absolutely okay with that. Because again, we want to do what's best for the client. I know that there's a lot of builders out there who say, no, you have to use this window. What would you tell Tell a, a prospective client or someone who's going to build a home if a builder has a window that they, they say they have to use, but the client wants to look elsewhere.
4: That's a great question. And I would really tell them that they need to kind of do their own research as well to figure out exactly what window it is. A lot of times they'll have blanket statements that uh, builders will say, I'm using the Anderson window. Well, that's really great. But Anderson has seven different window lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, what window line is it? And is are we doing an apples to apples comparison? Of what you actually are getting a quote from, a lot of times it really isn't apples to apples, and it's not exactly the design that you want. So it, again, it is your home, and you're the one who's going to be paying the mortgage. So sometimes you may have to bow your neck a little bit and tell the tell the builder that I'd much rather to go with. Or at XYZ. least explore, other, explore, options. explore other options, because what
0: we tell everybody when during one of our first meetings when we're talking about building a high-performance home, we say we're going to focus on four components. One is the exterior walls, two is the insulation package, three is the HVAC package, and number four are windows and doors. So they're extremely critical to building a high-performance home. My opinion is if you have a builder... Who's locked into one brand or one manufacturer, I think that's something that you need to know up front and, and then say to him, are we allowed to look at other potential manufacturers? Because as a custom home builder, I think the client has the, the right to, you know, to to look at all their options. Yeah. So we've talked about vinyl, we've talked about fiberglass, we've talked about wood clad. There's also many different types of windows, right? There's single hung, double hung, awning casement. Talk to us about the the differences. Of windows and how each one is used and in, in what type of purpose.
4: Yeah, so we're seeing most traditional homes. You end up using a, a double hung or a single hung. So that's a horizontal sliding window that would go up and down. Where a single hung means that the bottom sash or bottom pane of glass moves upwards, and if you if for a double hung, that means that top sash will will come down as well. Okay, and that's just for cleaning purposes. Casements are crank outs. We see that on some traditional homes, but we also see that more and more on contemporary homes. And then you also would have sliding windows, which would be a vertical sliding going back and forth. So there's quite a few different styles. What we're seeing more and more is big fixed pieces of glass. Even though if it's a traditional house, people want big windows with natural light coming into their home.
0: Are they getting away from double hungs then, single hungs in certain areas?
4: there it seems like the trend is really going that way and we're also doing bigger taller windows it all kind of depends on the style of the home if some of that some of the home is more traditional you're going to see a lot of hung windows but we are seeing a lot more things integrated with some casements and some hung windows, which we haven't really seen in the past.
0: And one of the cool things about Pella is you actually have a window where you have a blind built into the window.
4: Yeah, so that's a great invention that Pella came up with. It's been close to 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. and they've re-engineered it over the last two years as well. It's a triple pane unit that has a blind on a functioning pane on the inside, and you can operate it up and down. The great thing is you will never have to dust those blinds. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's great. Your dogs will never get in and disrupt them. Your kids won't get in and disrupt them because it's sitting in between a pane of glass. And if you ever wanted to change it out, you can because it's a functional pain. And also, there's energy efficiency that brings that to the forefront as well. So, so
0: let's talk a little bit about energy efficiency because uh-huh. we do build high performance homes. A few different subjects. Number one, talking about double pane versus triple pane. At what point does it make financial sense to look at triple pane windows?
4: You kind of want to also look at certain areas of the home. I'm going to talk about replacement for a second. Okay. On the replacement, traditionally, you walk into a home and, and somebody's like, I really don't like this. One room in my house because it gets really hot. Is it either too much sun's coming through the the windows or it becomes too cold in a certain area? But on a new construction build, you don't know those problem areas yet. So looking to see how that's sitting on the lot, looking to see where you think the sun's going to be beating down on that house. There's different things besides just going dual pane or triple pane. There's low E coatings that you can play with as well. So we have an advanced lowe that blocks eighty four percent of UV rays. Uh, a sun defense blocks ninety four percent of UV rays, and you're like, why don't why wouldn't I want a hundred percent UV rays not to come in my home? Well, welcome to St. Louis, right? It's <laughs> it's eighty degrees one day. The next day, it's going to be thirty two and snowing, and you actually do want some natural heat to to come in mm-hmm. your home. So you want some UV rays, but you don't want enough that would bleach your floors and. So you can play the low E coating that's on the pane of glass. The triple pane, that's going to just make that insulation property of the triple pane. That's what's actually going to keep the cool out or the heat out. So it's more insulation versus the UV. So a lot of times you would end up using that on big open windows, or you can do it running it all the way across the home just to make sure you have a good our value in the whole homes.
0: Do you mix double pane, triple pane sometime depending upon the location? It
4: depends, yes, because it is a pretty big upcharge. And it, so, it is. And so when you do that, you you have to think about the, the cost of it.
0: Is the glazing, the, the low E, is that a, a more cost-effective way to combat some of the sun rays you're trying to block? Abs-
4: absolutely. I would go to the, playing with the low E before I would go to triple pane based off of the cost. It's going kind to of probably cut 20% off of the triple pane price.
0: And I know we try to be proactive even during the design stage mm-hmm. because you know now there's there's modeling out there that the architects can actually model where the solar angles are going to be on that house at certain times a day, certain times of year. Mm-hmm. So we know what windows to pinpoint if we want some of the extra low E glazing, mm-hmm. or maybe we do want to con- consider some of the, the triple pane windows. So it's, we try to start it at the very beginning during the design process. Something that I would recommend to our listeners is, well if they're designing a home. Pay attention to solar angles. Use the overhangs to block some of the sun. Use the properly coated windows to block some of the sun, especially the southern and western exposures uh, in the summer. You have to be very careful because, as you mentioned, you can fade flooring. You can fade fabric. You can really do some damage to the inside of the home. Mm -hmm. One other thing, too, that I've experienced is that casement windows are a little bit more energy efficient, if you will, because you can lock them down tighter than you can a double-hung or a single-hung window.
4: Yeah, that is true. It seems like everyone's like, I want a double-hung, I want a Mm double-hung. Well, actually, that's the least energy-efficient window because you have two functioning panes of glass and you have to seal both of those. And a single-hung is more energy-efficient than a double-hung and then a casement is is more energy-efficient than a single-hung because Mm -hmm. you're really taking that one pane of glass and you're sitting it really tight and you can cinch it down nice and tight and it creates a good seal.
0: Lots to talk about when it comes to windows, Mm -hmm. but actually there's a lot of options when it comes to sliders or large glass openings for doors, because whenever you're buying your window package, you usually buy sliding doors and similar products through the window vendor as well. And what I think is really cool in this day and age, and especially with a lot of the homes that we're building out in the uh, northern Utah area, people are looking for those large glass openings that open up 12, 16, 18, 20 feet wide. And there's some really cool products out there that can accomplish that.
4: Yeah. And in that, you also have the different materials. Mm -hmm. So you can do it in a vinyl, you can do it in a a wood, you can do it in a fiberglass. And what's great with Pella is we have that, depending on whatever window you pick, we have a sliding door or a hinge door that's gonna meet the design. And so you don't have to have a unicorn of a door, it's gonna fit the design and the profile and it's gonna look exactly the same. I mean, the big trend we're seeing is getting that outdoor living space and having that flow into the kitchen or flow into the living room. And, and it's it's beautiful. And it seems like we're tr- we're trying to be Arizona in St. Louis sometimes. <laughs> but with all that, you have to think about is how is it going to seal? If we're not in Arizona, there's a lot more humidity. How are we going to make sure that water inf- infiltration is not an issue? Um, just making sure you have the correct overhang like you talked about. But we're seeing huge quad sliders, you know, 16 feet wide. We're seeing bifolds we're seeing multi-panels, which they can pocket into the door and they can even be motorized. We've done that quite a few times where you just you push a button and the whole thing and that's 10 feet tall by 20 feet wide. It, it just moves out of the way and it looks like there's no door there. And it's a really beautiful look.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool options when it comes to uh, those large doors and, and windows as well. So what does the future hold? I mean, if, if someone's listening to our podcast series, trying to get some great ideas to build a year, two years, three years down the road, are we going to see even more changes with windows and doors or um, anything cool coming up?
4: Yeah, they're always innovating. One great thing that just happened is we just refreshed a whole exterior palette, which has been great. On the exterior, we're seeing more grays. We're seeing dark gray. I know black is huge. Black on black windows, they love them. But I I have talked to mo- a lot of designers, and it seems like dark gray may be the next thing coming down the pipe. So that just kind of keep your 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 eye open for the next color, and that may be it because it goes great with those white stones and and uh, and bricks that are coming down the pipe.
0: We have a number of clients who want the black windows. Mm-hmm. And then I know that a lot of times when clients ask us about that, they're concerned about fading. What can you tell our listeners about that? Should they be somewhat concerned about how that window, the black window, will perform in in a climate that's really hot and has a lot of sunshine?
4: So that comes back to material again. A vinyl window expands and contracts at a lot bigger pace than a fiberglass or wood. So if you get a painted vinyl and you have a black window they say it blocks some of the, those rays instead of absorbing, but it's still going to expand and contract. So, if I was going to go to a black on black window or black exterior window, I would look at a fiberglass window that's only going to expand and contract at a 16th of an inch and go to either a wood window as well that would would have minimal expansion contraction on it because that does want to i mean it is black it's going to want to absorb a little bit of the heat so just think about those things when you're going with some of the styles Mm -hmm. and if somebody brings to me i want black on black window i'm probably pushing them towards fiberglass or, or wood
0: Excellent advice. One more piece of advice is really focus on the installation of all your windows and doors. Mm-hmm. Critical that they're level and square, that they're flashed properly to avoid you know, rot and weather damage. So that's something that if you're going to spend a lot of time picking the right window, you want to make sure that the carpentry crew and the builder are taking the right time and properly installing the windows, because Mm -hmm. not only will it make a big difference in the performance, but it can also affect the the waterproofing around them Mm -hmm. for years to come. And I know, Pella, you offer the installation yourself, because you're going to warranty that window, and you want to make sure that it's done and done right.
4: Yeah, because we have to do all of our service, which is a blessing and a curse sometimes. Mm -hmm. When we offer the install in a single-family new home... We want to make sure it performs the right way. We we flash it with pellet tape. We foam the windows to, to help with the insulation properties. So we want to make sure from the very beginning, from the design aspect and the value engineering, all the way to the point of it being installed and us be able to walk away from a project and look back and go, okay, it's installed the right way and we know it's gonna perform for years and uh, just be very proud of what we do.
0: Well, remember everyone, exterior walls, insulation, HVAC, windows, the most critical components of the home you're building. So pay attention, do your homework, really be comfortable with the windows you're selecting. And Stephen, thank you very much for your time. It's been a great conversation, a lot of information that I think our listeners will find helpful. And uh, we thank you for sharing your expertise with us.
4: Thanks for having me on.
1: Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Count on the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery to help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in together. Shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to discover stunning products from the comfort of your
0: own home. We hope you learned a lot from this episode. Great conversation and information from Anna. Kylie and Stephen. By the way, make sure you visit the show notes section. There we have a link to the Energy Star website and the Hibs Homes House Profile page, where we're going to be sharing with you some ideas and books for suggested finishes that we talked about during our conversation with Anna and Kylie. And we will also share with you that industry standards guideline we talked about as well. I think there's a lot of good information, so make sure you check out our show notes page. All right, coming up on our next episode, another fun topic, smart homes. So what exactly is a smart home? What can you control? What about audio, video, and security options? And what kind of a budget do you need for your smart home? We're going to have the answers to all those questions when we see you on our next episode of The Art of Custom.
2: For more information, visit www.artofcustompodcast.com or find us on Facebook as The Art of Custom and on Twitter at Art of Custom Pod. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes and please rate and review to help us grow. The Art of Custom is produced by Hug Monster Sound with original music by Adam frick Verdine. Thanks for listening.